Welcome to the Branches podcast. Branches is a community of faith, hope and love in the South Orange County. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about our faith or our community, visit our website at branchesoc.com. We're in this series called The Way, looking at a way of living. Uh, we're not only interested in what it is that we're supposed to be believing, but also how we might actually be living our lives. Uh, and last week we talked about fasting, and some of you have been fasting and are still fasting. You have not yet had breakfast, the break fast, and uh, you'll feast with us. And if you, if you didn't do it or you forgot, that's, no, that's not a big deal. You know, we're not about laying heavy burdens on people. Uh, don't beat yourself up about it. But uh, the hope is that as you begin to put some of these ideas like silence, meditation, fasting, solitude uh, into practice, you'll begin to experience that fuller life that Jesus talks about. Because again, it's about raising your awareness of what's already yours. The love that Jesus has for you will not change. It's only our awareness of that love, the distractions that we have in our life. And this morning, we're going to talk about simplicity. Uh, so I want to talk about how all the possessions that we have and go after are actually not doing what we want them to do. And then I want to talk about a different way of living that Jesus calls us to. And then I want to give you some practical advice on how to go about living that simple life. So in our home, as in most homes, we have a junk drawer. And in our home, we have two junk drawers. And in our home, we have three junk drawers and a countertop that we call Junk Mountain. It's like where just everything gets stuffed. Is anybody with me on that? Uh, We have a mortgage. Uh, We have taxes. We have water bills, gas bills, electric bills, phone bills, insurance bills. We have a construction zone in our kitchen because of a slab. Um, we have cracks in our patio because of some rogue tree roots that have uh, found their way to lifting up our patio and cracking it into pieces. Uh, we have plywood on the floor of our bathroom because that's how we bought our house and we don't have the money to change it. Um, we have parents. My wife and I do. We have uh, relatives. We have five bicycles, a tricycle, two scooters, seven surfboards, a paddleboard. We have a ping pong table and a dartboard. We have toddlers. We do. We have toddlers. And when I think of words that describe my life, simple doesn't always like work its way up into the top three. Um, I think about Henry Thoreau's uh, advice to simplify. He moved out into a cabin in the woods and he came back with this idea that we need to simplify our lives. And I've read books called Simple Church and Simple Youth Ministry and Sometimes I think the church is anything but simple. Uh, We're on building projects or we're adding programs or we're downsizing because of the economy and it's just tough. But let's let's get personal here. Uh, This is my garage. Uh, So we talked about the things that I, some of the things I listed in there. I didn't list uh, the middle seat of our minivan and the dry vac in the front there that you can see. Um, but I am sort of proud that you can actually walk through it to the door, because <laughs> I, know, I know some of you, that's not possible in your garage, right? You cannot, yeah, we can't even get through. Um, 
but that is uh, not super simple, um, and it's a little embarrassing. Uh, I wanted to to talk about this because when I think about possessions, these things are supposed to be making my life easier and happier and more enjoyable. Um, but let's just look at how we're doing when it comes to owning things. And you can leave that up there, and you, I'm w- welcome to my life. Um, but according to one noted psychologist, 20 to 30 million Americans, 20 to 30 million Americans suffer from anxiety symptoms each year, okay? And the sales of antidepressants are skyrocketing. Uh, A good deal of our anxiety and our fear comes from our possessions, strangely enough. Uh, It's strange because what, what we've been told and what all I've been told is you need these things, you just buy this and you fill in the blank and then you'll be happy Then your life will be easier, you'll have more time, you'll be able to make the memories that you've always wanted to make with this thing. Now, I was also looking at the self-storage industry in the U.S., which houses our possessions, uh, generates more than $24 billion billion a year in revenue. Uh, There's something going on with our stuff, right? We have a lot of stuff here in America. This is just the U.S., $24 $24 billion alone in revenue. Um, and then one author wrote, I, I got to read a lot of great stuff about this thing, simplicity. He said, not only were my possessions not bringing me joy, they were actually distracting me from the very things that did bring me joy. And he goes on to say this, and I'll just, I'll quote it. Our world lives at a feverish pace. We're too hurried, too frenzied, and too stressed. We work long, passionate hours to pay the bills, but fall deeper into debt. We rush from one activity to another, multitasking along the way, which we've already talked about, doesn't really work, but never seem to get everything done. We remain in constant connection with others through our cell phones, but true life-changing relationships still elude us. And he goes on to talk about money. He says, everything that we buy brings our financial balance closer to zero, (laughs) sometimes even below. And then this is terrible. The average American with credit card debt lives with $15,956 of debt spread over 3.5 credit cards. The average American. (laughs) But it's not only families that with debt that struggle. Recent statistics report nearly 8 out of 10, 80% of us, of every American lives paycheck to paycheck. That's just money. Now think about your time. Our possessions rob us of precious minutes every day. One, just getting to my door. Um, But they're required to be cleaned, organized, maintained, fixed, recycled, removed and replaced, okay? And that doesn't even begin to account for all the time we spent working in the first place just to earn money to buy the possessions that we take home to be cleaned and organized and maintained and recycled and so forth. Now think about energy, energy, time, energy, money. Our excessive possessions demand our attention and our mental energy. Clutter in our life contends for our eyes, our attention, and our focus. 
our minds are subtly consumed with the pursuit of possessions and the temptation to compare our possessions with those around us. Anybody do that? Uh, these things permeate our thoughts more than we, that we want to admit. Now, have you ever noticed the way that we talk about the things that we own? This, to me, is fascinating. Um, I have a cell phone. I also have a hand, right? I have a house, and I have knees. <laughs> we, t- we sometimes confuse ourselves with our own language, because you, t- you are a body, you are a person, but you are not a cell phone. You are not a house, literally. You are not a designer pair of jeans. But yet we talk and use the same language to describe the things that we have or own as we talk about our own bodies. Now, our lives are, for the most part, cluttered with things that we thought might, we might need, right? That we thought were going to keep us... Uh, kind of in the cool that we thought were going to help us out, we thought were going to give us time, we thought were going to save us money, um, all sorts of things, but instead they're getting in the way of those things. Now, in our tradition, there have been some that have sort of gone against this idea. Uh, One group in particular dates back pretty far, they call it the early church, um, in Acts. Um, In the book of Acts, in the scripture, if you want to turn there in Acts 2, you're welcome to. I have you in Matthew 6, so you can hold your hand there right now. But uh, it says they sold everything that they had and gave to each other as each person had need. They held all things in common. Now, that's a scary notion for some of us. And for others, it might be like exactly what you need, right? Um, Acts 2, 44 and 45, and all the believers met together in one place and they shared everything they had. Everything? They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. And so some of us, this could be super helpful, right, for paying the bills, having a warm, dry place to sleep, having food. But for others, this is a huge sacrifice, right? A huge sacrifice. And for whatever reason, this way of doing church has not gone mainstream all that much. Now, there are churches and there are places that live this way, but it's not really mainstream. Uh, They're not in the majority, Now, there was also another group of people. So there was the early church. There's another group of people, and there's more than this, but I'm focusing on these. Uh, A 13th century group of people called the mendicants. Let me hear you say mendicants. Mendicants means open-handed, okay? That's all it means. Could you open your hands to God? And I was just thinking about the song that we sing, and my grandpa used to say, you sing more lies in church on Sunday than you tell throughout the week. And I think that's, there's probably some truth to that. I give you everything, the beat of my heart, uh, every breath in my lungs. All I have is yours. Really? Well, all of it except for, and then you can list those things that you love so much. That's tough. That's tough. But these mendicants, could you open your hands to God? To do this, you have to let go of anything you're still clinging to. And it's often these little things that we don't think anyone will see. But they trap us. We're trapped by the devices of our own making. We're trapped. Like you can tether this to your car, but you're tethered to this. (laughs) And there's actually science moving in the direction to where you actually will be tethered to this. Nanotechnology, it just gets weird. 
But yeah, oh yeah, you can sync your phone to your brain. It's getting there. But when you become open-handed, then you can live with true freedom. Now, one guy that I want to focus on uh, is St. Francis. Has anybody heard of St. Francis? Anybody heard of San Francisco? San Francisco is named for St. Francis. Uh, He started the Franciscan tradition or order of monks and friars. Um, The current pope took his name, St. Francis, from St. Francis. Uh, He lived in Italy back in the 12th and 13th century, back uh, when the mendicants were big. Father Junipero Serra, who founded our mission here, was a Franciscan priest. So, Francis was not interested in worldly wealth, and he knew well, he knew all too well Jesus' warnings about it. And because of that, he lived very simply. One man, uh, Thomas of Celano, he said about this, because they had nothing, the, the, the Franciscan monks were about having nothing. He says, because they had nothing, they feared in no way to lose anything. It's like so simple, right? Sometimes these so simple things are so profound. Because they had nothing, they feared in no way to lose anything. If you have nothing, what are you worried about losing? I'm really freaked out about losing all the nothing that I have. That's some other kind of disorder. But they had nothing, they feared in no way to lose anything. I read this about him, which I think is just fantastic. St. Francis, from the first moment of his religious life until his death, his sole wealth consisted in his habit, which is like his, his garb, his sort of brown burlapy kind of garb, a cord, which he would tie around his waist. This guy looks a lot like, you know, Friar Tuck, and a pair of trousers, and he was content with that. And it says this, still, those who cared for Francis continually gave him cloaks and coats, to protect him from the cold weather. And do you know these people that just give and give of themselves that you kind of want to give to them? Have you experienced those people in your life? They're so giving that all you want to do is like, hey, you just all, you're always giving. I want to give to you. This is the kind of person he was. So they would give him cloaks and coats to protect him from the cold weather, but it was a fruitless effort, it says. As soon as the saint saw someone else who was also in need, he would remove the donated clothing and give it away. And handing a cloak to a beggar one day, Francis said, we only got it on loan until we found someone in greater need of it. When his friars complained, goes on to say, when his friars complained, you're giving away that thing they gave. When his friars complained, Francis responded, God, the great almsgiver, will regard it as a theft on my part if I do not give what I have to someone who needs it. What? What? Who lives like that? He would regard it a theft if I didn't give what I have to someone who needs it. I'm lucky enough to know some people like this, um, and I know some of you are like this. Uh, But one such couple I met when I was in Guatemala, this sweet little Guatemalan couple named uh, Doña Mary and Don Salomon, and they're about four foot five, and just the sweetest people you'll ever hope to meet. They've dedicated their life to giving to the poor. And they serve the poor, and they minister to the poor, and they love the poor. And every once in a while, they'll, they'll be brought up to the States for like a retreat or to be encouraged or to just get away for a moment. Uh, and because we, a lot of the people here just love them so much, we want time with them. We want to listen to them and hear from them. 
And so on one such visit, they found themselves in Santa Barbara, little Don Salomon and Doña Mary, who don't speak really any English. And there's, uh, there was a wealthy couple that kind of met them and, uh, one evening and said, you know what, we just want to treat you guys. Again, this is like seeing Francis without a cloak. You want to give them things. You want to give them things because they don't have anything. And so they gave them like something like, here's, here's $90 to go have a nice dinner, just the two of you here in Santa Barbara. You know, and there's some nice restaurants in Santa Barbara, and that'll get you a pretty nice meal. Uh, so they give them $90, and my friends that are hosting them say, okay, so where do you want to go for your nice meal? And they said, we want to go to McDonald's. <laughs> so they go to McDonald's, and not within like three minutes of arriving at McDonald's, Solomon has found a homeless man at McDonald's, and he has asked him what he would like to eat, so they buy their meal for $15 for the three of them. They feed the homeless guy. Then they end up giving the rest of the extra money to the homeless guy. <laughs> and it's like, wait, no, no. It's like when the friars complain, <laughs> you know, I think back to this, like, what is that? They don't know how to live any differently, right? All they needed was food, and they saw that this guy needed food, and they need, he needed the money more than they needed the money, so he gave them the money. It's just who, these are people that love Jesus. And so they're compelled to live this way. Now, it's a lot different than the, the type of world that I live in because I live with a lot of anxiety and fear about all my stuff. And I have some things uh, that I felt like I could let go of. Now, we're getting real practical. This came out of the garage, to be honest. Now, if you know me, well, my wife knows. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a hoarder. Uh, I've got issues. And uh, so I was like, this week I got rid of 20 pieces of clothing. My brother Christian back there has a few of them, one here today even. And uh, I have a Starbucks mug. These are, these are also, if any of you need these things, they're for you. If you deem them to be trash, please throw them away for me. Um, I have two Starbucks mugs, and then I have this ceramic coffee mug, and then I have, if you're a cold coffee drinker, I have these. Now, I have at least six more of all these at home, but I couldn't bring them all. So these are here. Again, all this is, uh, I have some uh, clear coffee mugs. Perhaps you feel like we could really use some coffee. What if we have more people over, and we need... These stack really beautifully, so I've got six, a set of six coffee mugs. Now, keep in mind there's at least 12 more still in my garage. Uh, <laughs> these are also, uh, they're real sturdy. Um, I've got, if you've ever flown on airplanes, sometimes they give you slippers. And uh, these are not used. These are unused, because what if someday I find myself flying an airline that doesn't provide these? And so I should bring these with me for a long flight. So Eva Air, these are brand new, never been worn. Um, <laughs> some, of, some of you are like straight to the trash with that one, Esh. Um, I have an iPhone case that I bought for my wife that I thought she might want. Um, and it's really, you can stick your iPhone right in there and it's got a little tab that pulls it. It'll pop it right out. You can put some credit cards in there. Brookstone, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Um, 
Perhaps you have toddlers and you need them to not be able to get out of the house. This is a little uh, thing you can put on your doorknob and it will make it difficult for you to get out of the house too. Uh, that's also available. Sometimes you find yourself needing one of these. Here it is, you know. Uh, you want to really look, check yourself out in the car. I've got an extra mirror for your, uh, your visor. And then uh, I've got a wallet here I found. There's no money in it. It's by Element. Uh, so anybody needs a wallet, that's there. Sorry, Anna, I hope you didn't want that. Uh, uh, what else we got here? Uh, some sticky notes. Uh, some more sticky notes. I don't know how many piles of sticky notes I have. I've got a wax comb. Uh, anybody needs to comb their wax. I've got a uh, little mini whiteboard. Perhaps you have some dry erase pens laying around and you need a little whiteboard. That's there for you. And a neck pillow for your next long flight. Uh, that's also available. Um, this tea thing. Uh, it's got, yeah, that's also, it's brand new, I think. And then finally, a t-shirt, because you can never have too many t-shirts. This is from a VBS that I was a part of years ago, and it's a size small. Oh, it's a youth large, youth large, so. <sighs> Stuff's been just weighing me down. <laughs> I notice you're not rushing to the stage for this stuff, <laughs> yeah, you're not interested or something. I mean, that was hard to part with. Not really, but I'm indiscriminate about the things that I hold on to. Are you? Do you make conscious decisions? Do you ever evaluate why you have things? Some of the books that I read, they say the three most terrible words in the, in the human English language are just in case. Just hold on to this just in case I might be on a flight where they don't give you slippers, just in case. What are you holding on to just in case? These guys, they're called the minimalists. You can go to theminimalist.com. There's a whole movement around decluttering, tidying up, organizing all of our stuff. And they say, uh, don't declutter, de-own. And then they say, they also said, uh, if you can find it within 20 minutes for under $20, get rid of it. If it's a just-in-case item, go get it in 20 minutes for under $20. Uh, they also, they had uh, this thing called a packing party, where this guy that was kind of drawn to this kind of living, where he saw that his friend was getting rid of all of his things and felt freer and lighter and actually was able to pursue the things that he loved more. They had a parking, packing party, packed up everything in his entire house. Put it in boxes. This whole house covered his furniture with quilts and sheets and basically said, unpack and use things as you need them for three weeks. And whatever you don't unpack and whatever you don't use, donate, sell, or trash. And so if you need to brush your teeth, you unpack it. But then you'll be surprised how much is left in the boxes, how much furniture is unused, after this time, and how much that weighs you down, because you have to take care of that stuff. Packing parties. There's another guy, Colin Wright. You can read his blog. He has an exilelifestyle.com. And this guy pared down all of his things down to 51 things at one time. That's all he owned. 
counting. Each shoe counts as one thing. Each watch counts as a thing. 51 things he had to his name. Everything he owned fit into a carry-on briefcase or uh, carry-on suitcase. And he traveled the world, started this blog, was working from his computer, and basically people would vote where they wanted him to live. And he would move to like Argentina for four months or New Zealand for four months. And he lives just traveling, doing what he loves and owning so little. Now, Let's look at the scripture to see if Jesus maybe had anything to say about all this, or if perhaps, is this really all that new? Uh, So we're going to go through some of these scriptures. We're going to start in Matthew 6, we're in verse 19. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasure on earth where moth and rust can destroy and thieves can break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal, neither does Roy. Uh, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And I want to just point out really quickly uh, one comment on this verse. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That is not a reversible statement. Where your heart is, well, that's where your treasure is. Because there's a lot of people who say, well, I just really have a heart for orphans. Where's your treasure? Well, I just really have a heart for the poor. Well, I just really have a heart for you know, people that deal with substance abuse. Where's your treasure? Now, treasure can, of course, be more than just money. It can be your time. It can be your energy. It can be all those things. Where's your treasure? Because that's where your heart is. And so in some ways, Jesus is saying, you want to know where someone's heart is? Follow the money. Follow the time and follow the energy. That'll tell you where your heart is. Now, next, next one. Jesus says to this, to a man who we would say lacks nothing, a rich young guy, one thing you lack, go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. Uh, This is Jesus talking to someone who in our world's eyes did not lack anything. And yet he says he lacks one thing, he needs to give up everything he has. And then this next verse uh, it's, kinda, it's a long passage, and I'll read it to you. Therefore, I tell you, don't worry about your life, Jesus says. Don't worry about your life. What you'll eat or drink or about your body, what you'll wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life, Topher and I were... were paddling through the harbor, and I'm like, check out those birds. And uh, he's like, what? I'm like, none of them is worried. (laughs) Not a single one of them is worried. And they're all over, right? There's just birds everywhere. But not a single one of them has any anxiety or stress. They're just sitting there in the sun. They're just a testimony to the kingdom of God that's all around us. They're teaching us. Why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon, who was one of the wealthiest people ever to live, in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? In fact, I have a t-shirt here for anybody who needs it. So don't worry saying, what, what shall we eat or what shall we wear or what shall we drink? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all things will be given to you as well. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. 
tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry. God knows what you need. We worry about this stuff all the time. All the time. You, you open up your closet and you're like, I don't know what I want to wear. Most of the stuff in there you're probably not wearing. Or you don't like how it looks on you. Or it doesn't fit. Or it's breaking down and falling apart. I love this, this last verse. Real simple. This is Jesus sending out the, the disciples. Um, oh, I didn't put it up there. Never mind. You can go back. Um, this is Jesus in Luke chapter 9 verse 3. Now you can go, go, go the other way. It's all good. Uh, Luke 9 verse 3. Take nothing for the journey, Jesus says. Take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. <laughs> Jesus was no Boy Scout. Because he did not send out his followers prepared. Would you agree? Hey, you guys, I really want you to send out and preach this message. And as you go, don't take anything. Don't take any of your stuff. Don't take money. Don't take food. This is a terrible thing. Like, who would do this? How backwards is this to how we think? We're going on a mission trip. I'm going to need money. I'm going to need a bag. I might not need a staff. I'll definitely probably need to bring some power bars or some protein bars because who knows what kind of food we're going to encounter. I mean, this is just me. I'll need an extra shirt. My dad's fond of, of carrying extra socks, a nice, clean, fresh pair of socks when you're out there. There's, this, is, this is like how we, this is so backwards. He goes on to, to explain how they ought to move through these times, finding a, a, a house of favor. But can you see how from the very beginning Jesus was teaching how to live a life of simplicity, not encumbered by possessions? Now the world figures this thing out and they call it minimalism in this movement of tidying up and uncluttering. But it's simply the way of Jesus. Now I said I'd give you some practical steps. Uh, so there's an important formula that helps you move forward in this process. Uh, and it involves, this step involves distinguishing between wanting and needing. Wanting and needing. Uh, most of you have been raised on a steady diet of capitalism, consumer culture, and advertising. Would you agree? Makes it difficult to be, to be able to distinguish between wanting and needing. Okay? There are things that you really need, and then there are things that you just want. And one of the primary goals of advertising, anybody in marketing or advertising knows, what you're trying to do is blur that distinction. You don't want them to just think that they want this. You want them to think that they cannot live without it. They cannot be happy until they have it. That's what advertisers are trying to do for you. They're trying to take away that distinction between, oh, it's not that you just want this. You need this. You, you, we want you to think, how did I ever live before I had this? Right? Have you ever said that to yourself in your mind? How did we ever even manage before we had this? Advertisers, point. Okay? Now, I've heard people talk about certain objects or foods or things that they desire as to die for. Right? It's like a little idiom we have. Oh, there's just to die for. Really? <laughs> Let's take that all the way. <laughs> You want, you want to see how far that goes? Really, you're really, 
willing to die for it. No, but that's just how we talk about it. And the advertisers are luring us to shops where we might just buy bags of things that, as they promise, will make us happy and fulfill our lives. Now, the formula from the book that I, one of the books I was reading was this, and I, we saw it up there. Food is a need, but a medium-rare T-bone steak smothered in onions is a want, okay? Clothing is a need, but a designer suit with matching shoes is a want. Housing is a need, but a split-level ranch house with a semi-attached garage, walk-in closet, and three bathrooms is a want, okay? Now, you look at, like, uh, like what Michelle was saying. I didn't realize that having a door was a privilege. I didn't realize having a warm, safe place, privacy, that that was a privilege. I didn't realize a window was a privilege or an opportunity, maybe an opportunity for gratitude, right? Now, not all wants are bad or destructive. Um, I don't want you to think that all you need to do is just subsist and survive, okay? Um, I like to surf, for instance, and I don't necessarily buy the cheapest board. Um, But surfing isn't necessary for life necessarily, but a well-rounded life requires music and creativity and recreation. We need intangibles like beauty and joy in our lives, right? So when we hear from Kim and Ryan, Ryan didn't buy like a little player piano from Walmart, right, that our kid, we might give to our kids. He has a nice piece of equipment. It's not all about just subsisting and surviving. There is art and beauty and things to be created. But when your life is consumed by fulfilling all your wants, that's, good. that's a recipe for frustration and unhappiness, okay? Food, clothing, shelter, basic human needs. But in many of our lives, these needs are overgrown and under-controlled. Um, so I want to just finish with a couple, a couple quick stories here. This practice of letting go, open-handed, living life open-handed. Uh, you prepare yourself for what is to come, Okay? Because one day you'll have to let go of everything, right? Even your own breath. Like the song we sang, I give you everything, the beat of my heart, the breath in my lungs. Eventually you will give your last breath. And it will be a day of utter simplicity. When the importance of all your stuff completely fades away. Uh, learning to live simply, it it. it prepares us for our last breath and cultivates this freedom in us to truly live our lives here and now and not encumbered by all these things. I just had a conversation with some friends and I was telling them, oh, I'm going to share on this idea of simplicity. They said, oh, you know, we just finished packing up my parents' house and towards the end, their stuff really became an issue. They started to worry and worry, what was going to happen to all of our things? What's going to happen to all of our stuff? And, and these people who are grandparents themselves now, they're saying, really, you're worried about this? You're worried about, like, your things? Like, your stuff? Not prepared. One person wrote, uh, if someone admires something of yours, give it away. <laughs> if someone admires something of yours, give it away. Find out just how attached you are to your things. 
What's that like for you? I was, uh, one story, I was at the National Prayer Breakfast this last year, and afterwards we're sitting in the lobby with some friends, and I'm sitting with my friend Gil, and we just met this really nice man, and since we're at this kind of swanky event, we're all in ties and suits and dressed real nice, and my friend Gil says, hey man, I really like your tie, and this guy who we just met, literally just met, and we're talking to him, he starts laughing, and he starts <laughs> loosening his tie, he's like, it's yours, and, and my friend goes like, no, 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 I, I mean, I like, I like it, but no, 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 he's like, <laughs> he's like, you don't understand, my friends and I, every year that we come here, we have this thing where if someone compliments our tie or our shirt or our jacket or our shoes or any, we have to give it away. And uh, he's like, I made it all the way to tonight, the last night, and here you are, of course. He's like, he's like, he's like of course. He's, he's like, I really like this tie, too. It's like a nice designer tie, you know? He's like, <laughs> I don't know, it's like a $70 tie or something like that. He's like, I like this tie, too. And he's like taking it off, and Gil's saying, no, 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 no. Uh, he's like, that's probably why I have to give it to you, because uh, I like it. And he folds it up, and he hands Gil the tie. And I'm like, what? Who does that? Who does that? I'm looking for that guy this year. I'm like, I really like your shoes, you know. Some nice pair of Oxfords, please. Who does that? People that want to be close to Jesus. That's what they do. Jesus makes some radical statements like, hey, unless you give up, unless you forsake, abandon everything that you own, all your possessions. These are Jesus' words, not mine. Unless you abandon all your possessions, you cannot be my disciple. You cannot. Now, I can't prescribe what that means for you, but what if we took Jesus at his word? You have to decide what that means to give up everything, to abandon everything, to, to say, really, honestly, I give you everything. Open-handed, the beat of my heart, the breath in my lungs. You, you make that decision. I don't, I'm not going to come over to your house and say, hey, you need to get rid of this, this, and this, and I'll take that and this. You make that decision. One last story. Um, my backyard looks like my garage outside. Uh, it's, it's not what I would hope it to look like. Um, like, when I go to the Landreth's backyard, I'm like, I love the Landreth's backyard. Can I just transport your backyard into my backyard? <laughs> uh, the Landreth's take such good care of the things that God has entrusted to them, and they give freely to everyone, and I love that. Now, my backyard is not quite there yet. There's a lot of dirt and rotted wood and a, some dirty trees and, and a deck that is like, somewhat a hazard. We could never do like VRBO with our house. There'd be like way too many insurance claims of people like, oh, I stepped on a nail. I did, you know. Um, <laughs> but I have this thought in my mind, if I could just make my backyard look like their backyard or someone else, you know, many of you have beautiful backyards. If I could just make it look like that, then I could create all the memories and all the beauty and all these things would come, Right? That's not, a, that's not a weird, out-of-place thought, right? That sounds pretty normal. Like, yeah, your backyard's a hazard. Uh, if you made it nice, people would probably want to come hang out there. Well, our dear friends, Kim and Ryan, they 
they uh, brave our backyard from time to time. And I have such a vivid memory of uh, one night, we, we have a little table out back, and we have some lights strung up to the dirty tree from our house. And uh, it was a late evening, uh, probably in the spring. And the Johnsons have a, a daughter named Hillary, and we have a daughter named Sophia. And they're, they're like three or four years apart in age, at least. Uh, but everybody was kind of moving around, and there was music playing on this little portable boom box that we had. It was warm that night. It was dark. The lights were on. It was glowing. We had some heat lamps going, things like that. The rotted deck was there. And, uh, and the music's going, and I'm watching Hillary and my daughter Sophia dance. Just dance like an eight-year-old and a four-year-old would underneath these lights. And everything, it was like a movie. Everything just went, and it just slowed down. And I think I was the only one sitting at the table at this time watching this. And I was like, you can't buy this. You cannot buy this. With our rotted deck and <laughs> the dirt and the dirty trees and everything, you couldn't buy the two girls dancing, no matter what you had back there. And I was like, this is what I want. But all my stuff is getting in the way sometimes. Even just my desire that I miss. I'll miss that moment if I'm not aware. That, hey, Jesus is offering us a gift right here, right now, with what you've been given. And I'm sure for anyone that went on the trip to El Salvador would tell you, and anybody who's been on a mission trip, they had nothing except joy. Right? They had nothing except joy, that thing that we want. So that's, that's, this is our call to simplicity this morning. If you want some practical stuff, I'll give you websites and books and all kinds of stuff. But Jesus says it real simply. If that last verse, if you could put it up again. Don't store up for yourself treasures on, on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves can break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust cannot destroy and thieves cannot break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word, for the way that you continue to teach us how to live in a way that is life-changing. Lord, may we be bold in some of our decisions to rid ourselves of our possessions so that we might possess that which we really want, which is relationships, love, joy, memories, each other, Lord. Give us courage. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.